their story. <laughs> right? <laughs> in a world. In a world. In a world. Where tomorrow's blockbusters reign. And yesterday's classics are forgotten. Three women intend to remember. Hey everyone, welcome to Millennials at the Movie House, the podcast where three friends watch older movies and review them from our modern, everyday perspectives. I'm Betsy. I'm Tracy. And I'm Serena. And today we watched uh, Charade, 1963, written by Peter Stone and Mark Bem, directed by Stanley Donan. And I'm going to add a couple extra people in here today. Music by Henry Mancini and Hepburn's costumes are by Givenchy because those are two big names. So just throwing those in there as well. Um, Starring Cary Grant, Audrey Hepburn, Walter Matthau, James Coburn, George Kennedy, and Ned Glass. Quick synopsis, Tracy, go. So (laughs) I knew it was coming this time. I saw you were not surprised. I was not surprised. However, I tried to like practice beforehand and I, I it's just going to be worse. It's It's going to be be worse instead of off the cuff. So charade, charade. Charade. I know I always say it charade, charade. but But in like conversation, I don't, anyway. um, Okay. So we have Reggie, Regina who is on vacation with her friend and her friend's little kid. And she tells her friend that she is like not in love with her husband anymore. She's going to get a divorce there. She meets a very suave American man. Fast forward to her going home and her entire apartment is empty of everything. And she runs into a man who introduces himself as a detective or inspector or something. And he says that, her husband sold off everything in the house and then wound up dead. And now, so she's upset, shocked, everything. And come to find out the husband that she never really knew that she knew was like some secret agent. And the husband and three other men stole money during the war and hid it to like find it later. So- These men come to his funeral to make sure he's really dead and they're all chasing her. So not only is the government looking towards her to find this money that these men stole money from, the men that want to recover the money also are chasing her and trying to kill her to get the money back. Enter in the guy that she met on vacation. He is also looking for this money, but he's like the nice guy. So she is like falling in love with him because they have like a good, like back and forth. It's just very, (laughs) it's very confusing. So people try to kill her. These henchmen end up dying because somebody's killing them as well. The guy that she starts to like, who is Cary Grant is also lying about who he is. So he has now changed his identity like three or four times and Everybody is not who they say they are. And at the very end, we learned that the detective isn't the detective, but one of the bad guys and the guy who's been lying to her, who she's been falling in love with is the real detective. It's all, it's all crazy, but I think at the end, and I'll talk about this later, it's all good because the guy that she's falling for and the guy that the audience kind of falls for ends up being the good guy right thank god i I know all those vibes you were having you were like okay those were 
not real, you, but they you were, wanted him to be good and yes. you got you got a good guy. Yeah. That. So it was just whew. good job, admirable effort. It's complex. It is a very it convoluted was, story. It is. It's it's both simple and like that's why I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. This this will be easy. And then I tried to explain it to myself, and I like had issues. Part of it was the way that they unfolded the story. They gave yeah. you a little bit Just of information a at bit a of time, but yeah. you had to fit it in. It's not chronologically like explained to you, so you kind of yeah. have to fit it in as you go, which can be frustrating. But, I feel like a little confusing there, but all good. We got there. We got there. All right. Well, how did everyone like it? I liked it. Even with the confusion, I still liked it. Yeah. It was fun. Um, I liked the, the chemistry was good. The bad guys were creepy. They were almost like cartoonish, but real. Uh, It was good. Agreed. Serena, what what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. And I think that the on-screen chemistry is what, what did it for me. Though the plot was a little bit confusing at times. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I liked it. Even though there were some confusing parts, I liked it. Well, especially that first, the first scene with them together, you saw their, their back and forth and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. All right. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is a match. I'm here for it. Here. Yeah. yeah. This was my first Cary Grant movie, I think. And I think I've only seen Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's, but I, it was a really long time ago. And I was not impressed. I don't know why. I feel like that deserves a rewatch from me. With Breakfast at Tiffany, I, I if you don't like it, you don't like it. I don't yeah. think it's it's not a mood thing where sometimes if you're in the wrong mood when seeing something, like you go back to it and you're fine. I went mm-hmm. into it with really high hopes because of that song. <laughs> and I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I That's mean, the if, first if the singer of that song and his girlfriend both liked both it, liked then that come movie. On. And I was like, well, clearly I'll like this movie. And I didn't. And you did not. <laughs> um, but so it was your first Cary Grant and it was your second Audrey Hepburn. Um, Serena, what about you? Had you ever seen a Cary Grant or Audrey Hepburn before? Neither that I'm aware of. And I'm so happy I did because I've been meaning to do a little deep dive on Audrey Hepburn after watching Gossip Girl years and years back when Blair Waldorf, um, i.e. Leighton Meester, referred to herself as, you know, her goals was to be, you know, a classy establishment, so to speak. And I was like, well, who is this classy establishment? And then I never did research. So Mm -hmm. thank you for expediting that process for me. I feel like people (laughs) who haven't seen Audrey Hepburn, she's so like iconic in, in fashion and just Mm -hmm. Hollywood that, you know, who she is and she know what she looks like. She's like Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily, you've never necessarily seen her movies, but you obviously, you know, her face, you know, her fashion. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's like, uh, not to say Marilyn Monroe isn't classy because I I don't want to like diss on her. I I love her, but she's like a brunette. She's not the bombshell. She's the, I don't want to say girl next door either, but she's different. She's who we wished we got in um, American Paris. Yes. 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 She's yes. the Parisian like yes. lady. Yes. I got you. I will say this. I have seen, I've seen several Cary Grant movies and this is one of his latest films. I want to say he only did a couple more before retiring. And I, I, again, I, yeah, I'm same with you. I think the only Audrey Hepburn I'd seen is breakfast at Tiffany's. So you know what? I lied. I, I've seen North by Northwest. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. He's, he's definitely a Hitchcock um, guy. Which leads us to, I think the, I thought the most interesting 
description of charade was that it was the most Hitchcockian movie that Hitchcock never made. Right. Well, and it, from, from what I read, it, it sounded like they, people thought it was Hitchcock because of the way it was presented and yeah. Cary Grant and the mystery genre and all that stuff. It definitely did have moments that were, especially like some of the, some of the shots that Serena, you were calling out, uh, they were very Hitchcockian. Yeah. 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 There were certain scenes that stood out to me that were, uh, I don't know, they were just different. They, they, yeah. they were unique, the unique camera shots, unique angles, shadows, uh, play with lighting. And of course I didn't write the scenes down, so I can't like exactly label which ones, but you know what I mean? I do remember the first one you called out was the, um, mortuary, the, um, the oh, camera yeah. was in the, was in the drawer. Yep. Yeah. That was effective. Yep. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. I feel like it just made this movie stand out and I don't know. I haven't seen a ton of 1963 films, but it was pretty good. They had to do more like raw talent. It had to be more like raw talent that. Which is why the, the chemistry and the dialogue was so good. Yeah. The, yeah. This movie would have been a bomb if it didn't have the chemistry between yeah. the two main actors. Oh and my it God. Did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Can I also point out before we kind of get into things that this is another one that was based on a short story. Of course it but- was. But it was unique in the, the screenplay was written by Peter Stone. He's the one who wrote the short story, but he actually originally wrote it as a screenplay called The Unsuspecting Wife and nobody picked it up. So he was like, fine, I'm going to turn it into a novel, a short story. And he renamed it into Sherrod. And then, and I don't, something, I don't know if it was like published in a magazine or something like that. And somebody read it and was like, oh, we should turn this into a movie. And he was like, yeah. yeah. That's yes. all I had to do. to do. I wanted to do in the first place. So <laughs> I thought that party. was kind of cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Since we're giving out little tidbits, uh, I did come across something interesting. It This movie is in the public domain. And yeah. it, the reason it's in the public domain is because Universal didn't properly put the copyright notice at the beginning of the film. So the moment it was released, it was put into the public domain and has been there ever since. And so you, so because of that, wow. you can find it on archive.org. Wow, interesting. All right, so let's hop into our questions. Top of the marquee, what was everyone's favorite part? Can I go first? Because I only go. have one and we already kind of have said it. Mm-hmm. The chemistry. Yes. <laughs> Um, I immediately perked up as soon as I realized that the witty convo, the on-screen chemistry between Hepburn and Grant and and just all the funny quotes that came out of those two and and their conversations that Mm -hmm. made the movie for me, a hundred percent made the movie. I'm totally with you. I actually put the exact same thing. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were on the same level. Yes. The actors, the actors were on the same level. Uh, they had that same confidence in, in their, in their abilities. And so you kind of could read that and read that off of each other. You could tell that they kind of got along because of that. Yep. So yeah, Tracy, did, what was your favorite part? I had a couple of little scenes that I really, really liked that I want to point out. Cause I think my favorite part is like Serena says that, that chemistry, mm-hmm. but I had little scenes that really had nothing to do with anything that I really liked. So I really liked the funeral scene when the bad guys came to check to see if her husband was really dead and they each had like their own way of checking it. And it was so, I feel like we hadn't really gotten into the funny part of the movie yet where it was so outrageous that this guy would like come up and stick him with a pin or say something crazy or check his breathing or sneeze on him. (laughs) Yeah. It was just. 
kind of bizarre. It was almost like slapstick. Yeah, yeah, yes, a little yes. bit. Right? So it kind of like gave a new uh, air to the movie or something. So because yeah. they, I think they had said that it had it bridged like three different genres: that like thriller, comedy, romance. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it really. So that was good. That was a good scene. Well, and it's funny, funny you say that in that order, because I feel like that was the order we were presented because yeah. we, we first got the death immediately got the death. So there's the thriller. Then we got the comedy because, and that was the funeral. Yep. And then we got the romance because Peter, uh, Peter, Peter Grant, I almost said Peter Grant, <laughs> Peter Joshua or Cary Grant then kind of became the, you know, the character. Yeah. So I liked, uh, <laughs> there was a small moment when Cary Grant is chasing the bad guys. First off, that was the, the whole scene was great when he jumped out of the, the window into another balcony and into their room. And at this point, yes. you don't know that he's in on it. Yes. That that whole yeah. scene was great because he was he had he jumped across the window and there was Alistair and Pamela. You never see them. You just hear this <laughs> conversation of Alistair a couple in a hotel room. Yeah. And it's just it's just great. You just have this whole mini story of a quick dialogue between them. And it's just because he pauses outside their window and it's it's awesome. And so he continues on into the next balcony. He kind of just casually sits on the edge of this balcony, listening to the bad guys. And he does it with such confidence. I I don't know what it is, but I really like this scene. And then he just jumped through the window then and he was like, hey, guys. And they're like, hey, bud. But that's why like the confidence it was so weird. Like you were like, why is he so comfortable yeah. there in that moment? And then you find out it's, and then you find out yeah. they're okay I with him the being there. Thing. Yeah. Cause I, I didn't, like, I didn't like, necessarily see that coming. No, I neither there, did I. I knew there was something, but I didn't see that, which I, I pride myself in guessing what's happening, but I also like to be surprised. So I yes. always give a shout out, you know, to yes. that. Uh, I also liked part of getting the bad guy was they ended up at a theater like an empty theater. And we got to see behind the scenes of a theater under the stage of where the trap doors were. I thought that was really clever way of having a mechanic that is real. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's it's, a real thing. They didn't have to, yeah, it wasn't believable. They didn't have to like, maybe they did build it for this movie, but that was a real like stage Setup. trick. Yeah. Which yep. I thought that was good. But so my favorite part is, the chemistry between them two, but specifically coupled with the throwback lines. I love when things repeat themselves. I said it before and I'll say it again. And every time that Audrey Hepburn found out that Cary Grant wasn't who he said he was, they would have this conversation of, oh, well, is insert his new name. Is there a Mrs. insert new name? And he goes, yes, yes, but we're divorced. divorced. Yes, yeah. we're, but we're divorced. And it like, we started saying the line. We with started him. saying the line. She started saying the line that yes, but we're divorced. And at the very end, when he tells her who he really is, she asks if there's a missus and she, and he goes, yes, but she's my mother. Yeah. <laughs> it was just brilliant. I like, not that it mattered. She was, she's a widow at this point. Not that it, it would have mattered at all other than if he was single or not, but it just made him that much more, I don't know, appealing, I guess. I don't know yeah. what it was, but it was, it was cute. I thought Endearing. it was a good little, yeah. Yeah. He was definitely funny. He had, he had personality. He did. He wasn't, yeah. He wasn't the just shower like, scene. I think is what, what finally sold you, Serena. I feel like, oh my gosh, I was dying. I forgot about the shower. <laughs> That was so funny. 
I, I gets in full suit in the shower. I don't really know Cary Grant that well, but the the little I little bit of research I did before we're, this podcast is that he was funny. He was yeah. a little bit of a goofball. And I feel like not just, I thought that the shower scene was a little over the top, but he was still cute. At the end when she walked in, and he he was the he was the good guy. He made this funny face that was so like I feel like that was the it was actor like a, making that face yeah. compared to like I don't know maybe it wasn't but I thought well, that was funny. And I think I mentioned this during the during the watching, but that is every character I've ever seen Cary Grant as. He Fair plays enough. that really charming yeah. kind of sarcastic, confident guy. And it works every time, but, um, but I, yeah, you kind of get the sense that that kind of just really is who he is. Which made me want to watch more Cary Grant movies. Mm, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Not to mention he is handsome. Yes. He really is cute. He is classic, handsome. Classic, classic Hollywood handsome. Yes. So let's go back to their chemistry for a second, because the age difference is a big thing to note yes. here. There's a 25 year age difference, which back then I guess wasn't, you know, unheard of, obviously. But the interesting thing to note is that because of that, supposedly, I, I was reading an article, but supposedly because of that age difference, Cary Grant insisted that Audrey Hepburn's character was the one to instigate all of the romance. Yes. Um, and because of it that- It showed. It showed. It showed. But because of that, it weirdly gave her an active character, you know, yes. like she was choosing that. I, I kind of really liked that. And it, it just came down to the fact that Cary Grant just wasn't comfortable with that age difference. Uh, which makes me actually respect him as an actor and as a man, like yeah. he, he recognizes that he is too old for her. Mm-hmm. And because of that, and that was going to be one of my like issues with did it age well or, or whatever, it, it kind of made up for it. And I don't know if we read the same article, Bets, because I, I noticed that too, he he asked to have not only her be the pursuer, but to have dialogue put in there that not only the actor, but the character recognized the age difference. Right. And because at first we were like, why is he calling her kid and child? And he made reference to her being a Juliet and like really mm-hmm. young. So he he asked to have that dialogue put in there to, to and and they did. They allowed it in there. And I think it did. It, it made everybody at ease and because it made her aware that she, that she, or everybody on screen aware that there was an age difference, but she didn't care right? because she was yeah. the pursuer. Right. That said, you she was tell- 33. Yeah. She did not look 33 to me. No, she, well, he looked, he looked younger too. I thought, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to insert a quote here if that's okay. And so she, she's been kind of pursuing him and she goes like, oh, it's disappointing that all you want is, you know, to, to learn that you weren't really, you know, attracted to me, you were attracted by the money. And he goes, well, what do you expect him to say that a pretty girl with an outrageous manner means more to an old pro like me than a quarter of a million dollars. And she's like, well, I, I guess not. Then he goes, well, it's a toss up. I can tell you that. And she goes, what did you say? And he goes, hasn't it occurred to you that I'm having a tough time keeping my hands off you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why this little like conversation, because she picked up on the fact that he wasn't reciprocating and she was disappointed by it. Cause I think she really did like him. And this was the point where he's like, no, I- I'm trying, even though at this point we think he's a bad guy, he's still trying to be a professional bad guy. And he recognizes the age difference, but this is the point where he's like, no, can't you see that 
I'm restraining myself. I'm trying to show you respect. And I just, I love that. And that's, that's where I was, what I was going to say was at the, so if you think about it at the end of the day, he, he works for the embassy. He actually does work for the embassy. So I feel like that was him trying to be professional. Like you said, he's on the job. He doesn't, he's not trying not to mix business with pleasure. Yeah. You know? So, all right. Well, speaking of the good chemistry that will lead us into our next question. So um, I think that's the first time we had all the same favorite part. I think so. I think Kudos. so. Good job, that's Audrey Hepburn, impressive. Cary Grant. It's it, it just it's so clearly the best part of the movie. Anyway, yeah. um, so speaking of their chemistry, I think that leads us into our next question. Well, which is the wheel of questions, and this week we landed on recasting. So if the movie was made nowadays, who would be in this movie? So we're going to recast the top three characters. Serena. In, if you had a time machine and could put any cast together, who would you put? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the question. All right, Serena, you go first. I make up my own rules. All right, Regina, uh, hands down, Natalie Portman. Okay. All right, that's good. I don't yeah. know. It's just the look, and they actually compare her a lot to Audrey yep. Hepburn. Yep, she can do it. And yep, she can do that. She's so pretty. Natalie Portman has this classy brunette look about her, and honestly. I think she's a fantastic actress. So, all right. Obviously, Peter, sorry, Trey, I might be stealing yours, but obviously he's George Clooney. Obviously. 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 I I say obviously until you hear mine, but okay, go ahead. (laughs) Well, okay. And now that you guys have told me the age difference is 25 years, this lines up perfectly because Natalie Portman is 39 and George Clooney is 59. So there's a 20 year gap there. Yep. And then for Bartholomew, I did Burt Reynolds. So Bat is Burt. Bat is Burt. Turns out. Basically, all Serena did was recast the mustache. She did. She did. <laughs> I so did. Good. I couldn't not. And he's 82 in real life. But honestly, I don't think that the age matters as much for his character because there was no kind of. That's true. That is true. That's uh, fair. Romance. And he could have been on the edge of retirement slash, you know, living out his retirement years doing, you know, cold cases or whatever the heck he was he doing. Could ha- you know what? You're right. He could have been, he could have been retired and came back in because he had a connection yeah. to the World War II story. And so right. he knew all the guys from World Lesson. I know I got you. This I'm laughing because I appreciate, because you do this a lot for me where you're like, I will fix this world for you. So it makes sense here. Here are the new rules that you're going to, and, and you do, you fix it. So. I, got you. I got you. She has fixed so many things for our broken mindset, Trey. Like <laughs> she has just really put us there. My job. That's I my feel job. like she kind of did like a Westworld thing for us, you know, like she is like the creator of Westworld for us. And we're living in like whatever Westworld. We're living we in Betsy's Westworld. You guys yeah. aren't supposed to know that. I'm going to have to reset you, damn it. Yep, reset <laughs> All right, Tracy, your grouping. Good grouping, oh, Serena. Okay. That was that Thank was a fun you. one. Thank All right. You. I'm going to throw out there my, not my joke one, but the one that I thought was obvious, but the one that I didn't really like. Okay. So I did George Clooney because he's so, I mean, we even said, everybody says that he looks like Harry Grant. He yes. has that vibe where he's that classic. He doesn't just classic, look like him. He acts like he him acts too. He acts like him. Yeah. He's that classic yeah. Hollywood handsome, a little bit of a goofball. Mm-hmm. Confident, um, th- suave. Yes. So then Same I thought, shape. <laughs> yep. To his Cary Grant, I thought Anne Hathaway would be a good Audrey Hepburn. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I was gonna say, no, yeah. I don't like that. Audrey. You don't, I don't like Anne I Hathaway. Don't, I don't. So I was like, you know what? George Clooney is too obvious. I'm sure she's a very nice person, but I just, I'm not a fan <laughs> of her 
selected works yes of Wait. Anne Hathaway so I tried to go younger but I was having issues with the with the ages but I think a good Audrey Hepburn would be Lily Collins okay okay that is that is young that, that is, is very young yeah. she's 31 32 right now but honestly okay. she reads like 23 maybe maybe I yeah. know but she's got if you look at her she's got the look she does yeah. looks she's like Audrey look. Hepburn yes um, and you know then, what she's got the poise too she does yeah. I don't she, she really just does. she does so if she then then I had my my age gap where I was like I didn't want it to be a, a big age gap because I don't I don't like that I mm-hmm. like you know, um, at first I was thinking Josh Dumel, he's got the great salt and pepper hair. I mm-hmm. think he would be a good little spy, but I think a little bit younger. I cast Chris Pine. Yes. Okay. So I would say yes to anything. Chris Pine. You put Chris Pine in. Yep. Cause he, I think he, I think he can do, I think he can do the serious and the funny he's done spy. What was it? he did a some spy movie and he does the uh wonder woman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yep yep and, and then and you could play like he would be good at playing the is he a good guy or a bad yeah, guy yeah that's why yes. to be a good guy yep yep i got yep you. that's what that's what i read him as um and then bartholomew i don't really like this answer but this is what i got is bradley cooper Okay. I think his, he could be, you know how we yeah. were like, he's I at the beginning, we were like, he's a little bit unprofessional. What is going on right now with this character? Oh God, I feel yeah, like Bradley Cooper could oh like God. just put like a five o'clock shadow on kind of, you know, gruff yeah. looking. I'm going to eat in front of you type. Like, oh, but I'm, I'm also kind of good looking, but I, I know I'm good looking to not this other guy in the movie, but this is how I, I picture Bradley Cooper playing this where he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Right, that, that was my that least was favorite that was part. Good. That was my, the eating food, the, the, the lunch was, thing. <laughs> well, and it's funny because in hindsight, it, I think it was purposefully put there so that we didn't like this guy. Yeah. Like we were we, like from the start, we were supposed to be like, what is going on with yeah, him? Like this is weird. Yeah. 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 It was put there, I think, to also drive home the fact that it was his lunch break, Uh which we find out, which is how he slipped into the Mm -hmm. office to begin with Mm -hmm. is because Mm -hmm. he was, the guy was on lunch. He wasn't in the office. That's, that's a good point. It was a cue for the audience. Good call, Tracy. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Snaps. (laughs) All right. So my recast, I think that Audrey Hepburn doesn't get enough due for the dry comedy she did in this role. It's, it's very dry comedy, but there, she has fantastic timing and there are definitely moments there where you're like, oh my God, that this character is just quirky almost. So I kind of leaned into that with Regina for the recast. So I have her cast as Leslie Mann. So, and then for Cary Grant, I had Robert Downey Jr., and for Bob, Bartholomew, I have Joel McHale. But going back to Robert Downey Jr., I think that I feel like George Clooney is just a little bit too old. And Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. is like the next step down. Is he younger? I think so. Oh, okay. Maybe not. I'm because I'm I'm thinking of George Clooney in what was the, the most recent movie he did? He was like an old man in the most recent oh. movie he did. <laughs> anyway, okay. Good job, guys. Recasting. Good job. All right. Wait a minute. How has this movie influenced or been influenced by other movies? So I feel like this was kind of like a, a caper movie almost. And I, mm-hmm. I, there are a couple of, the only two movies that I wrote down were Catch Me If You Can, which has that kind of throwback vibe and um, yes, different identities and kind of just playing the people you're with type thing. 
And then um, the other one was Ocean's Eleven. And that kind of leaned towards the George Clooney vibe too. I also got the Ocean's Eleven vibe, but I can't tell if it was because of that the movie felt like like a caper or if it was because I was getting such a strong George Clooney vibe that that's all I could think of was I was like, oh, okay. And I think this also led to me thinking that Cary Grant was going to be like the good bad guy. You know what I mean? Like I thought he was going to be a bad guy, but one that we kind of were like, oh, okay, well, they're going to find the money and the two of them are just going to run off together and, and you know, steal this money. Mm-hmm. That's, what I thought. That's what I thought. Another quote says, uh, there's no law against stealing stolen money. <laughs> um, so that's why I really was kind of shocked that he was the good guy because I thought it was going to go via right. Ocean's Eleven where he was the good bad guy. Or yeah, like, there was um, definitely that that twist at the end there. I wasn't yeah, I wasn't uh, expecting either. Go the route of Mr. Wright where she just jumps right in and becomes the criminal as well. Yes. Yep. Which I, I almost recast them as those two. One of the only age differences. It's okay. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but I didn't yeah, those were the only ones that really jumped out for me. Um, in terms of other movies. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I guess that's good too to kind of have it'd be a little bit original. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, ladies, please remove your hats and silence your cell phones. How did this film hold up? I I feel like we kind of, we kind of touched on some of the sticking points that we had already, but I think in general, yeah, like you said, Um, I will say there was a lot of talking, which sounds ridiculous, but so much of the story is given to us through exposition. And I don't know if it's just a change in the way we take in information but i feel like there had to be more show don't tell in, yes. in the movie to make it yep. really really stand up to the test of time but um but in general i mean that's such a little thing in general this is such a great movie and really holds up i i think i even had said while we were watching it like this is a long movie yeah like it was yeah. a little bit long it was a you're right it was a little too like at some uh, point toward mid uh maybe two-thirds of the way in i was like yawning and it it's not necessarily that I was bored by the plot. It was more like it was a lot. It's like when you're in a, a lecture in class and you're just like yawn, even if you're not tired, it's just a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. So there was yep. a, a section of the movie that was just like a lot of blah, 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 and mm-hmm. less smooching. So <laughs> I think that's just the to- is, like all the time. There could have been more kissing. There could have been more there, kissing. Literally. Uh, but uh, yeah, but generally speaking and i mean there it, it this is one of the more famous movies that we have chosen and, and it does has stood the test of time people have watched it it is on tv it is remembered as um one of audrey hepburn and and carrie grant's like you know top movies and all that jazz so and all that jazz i will say oh oh side note i will say i have seen this movie once many 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 years ago and the, and the only, only thing you thing remember i remember <laughs> The only thing I remember was stamps. <laughs> and she was so good, Tracy, not to blow that spot up and ruin it for us. Um, so I'm going to jump right into boom. We fixed it because I have a comment about stamps. Okay. So my only problem with the stamps being the, the grand finale, the big ending is that at no point were we given a shot of the envelope with the stamps on it like yeah. we yeah. were it was always kind of like a wide shot and we didn't see this the envelope very well it was always kind of like a side angle and I understand the point was to emphasize the letter to throw us off from the envelope but at no 
point you still have to give it did to you us. really even notice that there was a stamp there and there was a quick little tiny throwaway line at the very beginning where she she was going to give Jean-Louis some stamps and that was it that was the only point of reference for for the fact that stamps were had anything to do with the plan. that was the absolute all-time smallest clue there right. ever was so to I, a point where I was like they made such a point of going to the dentist and I know. Things. so like they're like what's in his bag oh this letter that you have to assume had a stamp on it or he has a toothbrush and tooth powder and you has a note written to you saying you your dentist has been rescheduled I was like oh it's gonna be at the dentist office or yep. it's gonna be you it, know it, and I'm but maybe still that wondering was the, maybe that was the point the the well, right. But if, if that had been a red herring, they would have gone after that clue, but they didn't, they ignored that clue as well. They did make a funny about it though. They were like, they Oh, did. and we called your dentist and they're like, what did it say? Your, your, your appointment has been rescheduled. Yeah. <laughs> which, I feel which like... was a funny line like that. And the, and the mint flavored heroin. Like, it, yes. they, yeah, but, but I just, I want, I want to be able to figure it out as well. And I want yeah. to be able, when I, when the twist comes, I want to be able to be like, oh my God, why did I miss that? I should, I should have yeah. gotten that. But there was no indicator. That's my only problem. That's it. Good point. Good point. All right. Note roundup. Uh, I think I should have said this in a different section. The so wait a minute, but I'll say it here. Um, wait a minute. <laughs> they, the henchmen who, Shout out to the henchmen again. They were, they were creepy. They were great. They were, they were, all of them were different that you could like, anyway, when Tex died, he was, I think he was asphyxiated or something. Yeah. He had a plastic bag over his So I don't know how he quite did this as he was asphyxiated, but he was able to scratch into the carpet, which I love because you, everybody's done that as a child where like you can like opposite direction. Yep. He scratched into it, the name of the bad guy who killed him, which is very reminiscent of Sherlock. I mean, that's Sherlock Holmes right there, like right out of the book, Sherlock Holmes. Um, so I thought that was, that was a, a, a brilliant throwback to like the traditional mystery and just a, a, Beautiful uh, homage. Yes, agreed, agreed. My first note, my first note is about the opening credits. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. It, it is the most 60s opening credits like ever. I thought we were watching James Bond for a second. It was so quintessential. It was vibes of Jetsons meets Pac-Man <laughs> for, for drawing, you know. Yes, yep. And they're just, drawing. they're just always fabulous. I, I, it's one of my favorite parts about 60s movies is the opening credits for whatever reason they went they always go that weird colorful pattern route i love it well you know you know what i think it it is it's like i think we've talked about this before too things in the 60s and now more so coming back more so than ever the drive-ins they cater to Mm. everyone wants to go get popcorn and and then they're you know like greece you know greece is like the classic yep Although That's I don't point. remember exactly what year Greece was, but I mean, think about it. Like for some reason, because we used to go to the drive-in a lot as kids and there was that good, long introduction, colorful, fun, whatever, keep you interested, but gives you a chance to do a quick pee break if needed, et cetera. Can I, can I interrupt both of you? And the, the, the little trivia that I, that I was reading about, I wasn't like, it didn't 
hit a chord with me until you said that bets is they specifically mentioned the guy who does the, the title credits is Maurice binder. And apparently he's famous for making the James Bond title credits. Like oh. he was an American film title designer. That's what there we he go. did. So there we American go. Yep. Back when that was still a job. Right. Because so going, because going back to what Serena said, we don't do opening credits nowadays the way right. that they did back then. Right. Yeah. So any other notes, everybody? Oh, I have a quote. I wrote down a quote, oh, guys. Yeah. I never do this. Whoa. I know. Oh, I know. Whoa, she has a quote. Everybody I down. know. <laughs> it was, uh, she says, I'm beginning to think women make the best spies. Oh, yeah. Which I feel like is very accurate. And especially coming out of World War II, this is, you know, this is 1963, this is coming out of World War II. And I, I, more and more these days, we're getting these stories of women being, you know, doing their, their part and, and being their, you know, being spies and yeah. men underestimating them quite honestly. And that was the point of that quote is that they kind of are, are, you know, underestimated. So, yep. And I think there's a throwback. Isn't there a throwback line where, where yes. some, he says, well, women do make the best spies or something like that. Yes. Agents. That's what it was. Spies that's what agents. it was. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, that's, those are, oh, and then also so, I love her coats and then those are oh, all yeah. my notes. <laughs> yeah, I love I her have, coats and those are all my notes. <laughs> I have three quotes. Okay, go for it. Oh yeah, you, you went even, down a, a quote rabbit hole, didn't you? I totally did. 100% guilty. And that that quote rabbit hole led me to fail at the rest of my notes. But so uh, Reggie Hepburn says, why do people have to tell lies? And Peter slash Cary Grant says, usually it's because they want something. They are afraid the truth won't get it for them. And I couldn't agree more. And honestly, it speaks to certain people's characters. So that was one. um, um, And then the other quote, which was super cute and, and, and plays to their chemistry and kind of almost like something I say to people, uh, which you guys are going to know. Basically she, um, she says to Carrie Grant, Hepburn says to Grant, do you know what's wrong with you? And he goes, no, what? And she goes, nothing. And I actually think mm. she's like, nothing's wrong with you. But the quote ended there. But she's like, nothing's wrong with you. And you guys hear me say this all the time. Like, you're perfect. You're literally perfect. You're perfect. Yeah. Love you. You're perfect. <laughs> you that, know? that was that was a really good back and forth. Yeah. 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 That was her way of saying, no, like, you're literally perfection. Nothing's wrong with you. Well, and it was, it's, it goes back to the idea that she was actually very forward and independent in her thinking she wasn't afraid to shy away from that you know I don't care if I'm going to be rejected I'm still going to say this you didn't you don't get that a lot you know she was very confident in her opinion even if it was just you know opinion on having a crush on him but still (laughs) she she was unapologetically herself I have one more quote so this is enter the scene where she's in the phone booth remember that scene yeah yeah and she's been spooked literally by, you know, a couple of different of the henchmen. Is that what we're calling them? Yeah. That's sure. what they are. I like that. Yeah. Then Cary Grant comes in. He is just like, hey, what are you doing in here? And she's like, well, I'm having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just to the point, and, I'm having a nervous breakdown. Yep. And once again, unapologetically herself, not hiding her emotions. Um, but at the same time she's, it was a comedic moment she that was a, that was a funny line coming out of her yeah yeah but that's it it's a wrap for me Trey, did you have any other notes just that the henchmen were creepy but that was a good thing and i hated the little kid 
I hated oh the annoying little Sean. kid. My God. Not only did he, I didn't think he was a great actor. Like, where did they pick this kid up? He had to be dubbed over. Like he couldn't even get his lines right. Like all of his lines were horribly dubbed. What mother allows their child to squirt water guns at random people outside in a, a snow- snowstorm? Right. Like in oh their face. God. Squirts the water in their just, face. Like just yeah. I, I so I'm glad just, I'm glad yeah. you guys are saying that because you guys know I work with kids and mm-hmm. there is zero BS policy up in there. So mm-hmm. there would be none of that. So, okay, good notes, good notes. I liked it and I would definitely watch it again. It was cute. It was a cute movie. Yeah, and actually I feel like I must have seen bits and pieces of this on television before because yeah. it, at the very, like the last moment I was like, I know this movie. It was literally <laughs> yeah, the, last the last frame of the movie. The literally the last the closing shot of frame. The movie. And I don't know last- if it was just like, I don't know, a famous scene of, the two of them or something that I've just seen before Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden I was like I know where this comes from now yeah (laughs) yeah 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 um all right guys the martini shot would you recommend this movie yeah I would yeah I think it's a soft yes that's oh my god I wrote soft yes (laughs) (laughs) I I enjoyed it I liked it but I've I I think I've recommended movies over this yeah and um, they, I think they both have, as much as we loved their chemistry, I think both those actors had better movies. Yeah. So if you're going to watch, if you had to watch one Gary, Cary Grant, it wouldn't be this. Yeah. But this uh, was yeah. good. I like, I, for their chemistry alone, I would recommend it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I, I in the um, Betsy rankings, I put <laughs> it's worth a shot. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. It's worth a watch. It's worth a it's watch. Worth a watch. It's worth a watch. Uh, yeah. I'm with, I'm, I'm here for the making out. I'm here for the kissing. <laughs> so funny there wasn't much of it but i'm here for the chemistry it wasn't much of it but it kind of came on really suddenly yeah i came for the mystery rom-com and stayed for the chemistry (laughs) that's hey there are worse there are worse things to stay for (laughs) but yeah i I think soft yes is a good is a good round answer for this can we just say that her name's uh regina and they call her reggie and i love that i love that too yes all right Thanks for joining us. If you like what you hear, you can find more great episodes over on our website, www.millennialsatthemoviehouse.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Curious about updates, extras from our episodes, or want to add your two cents about a reviewed movie? We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle for both is at the movie Millies. Check us out and make sure to follow us. So until next time, we're millennials and we'll see you at the movie house. She just has snacks. In her pocketbook, I, I relate to that. I don't know.